the podcast from Firetop Mountain. Fighting Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Stuart Lloyd and Alison Sy. And welcome to another fantastic and exciting episode of the podcast from Firetop Mountain. You are joined today by Alison Seib and Stuart Lloyd, two experts in the realm of the fighting fantasy game book. Stuart, would you like to say hello? Uh, I think I would, yes. Um, hello! There we I... go. Lovely. That's a good hello. I like it. It's, it's very strong and confident. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, when I like to say hello, I, I really go for it. So that's that's important. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. We're going to need some confidence today as we are charging into one of the um, one of the later books in the uh, original run of the Fighting Fantasy books. Um, one which I don't think has been reprinted before. Siege of Sardath. Can you confirm for me? Has it been reprinted? Because I'm not sure if it has now that I've said it. can confirm it hasn't because I think the only ones that have been reprinted have either been by Steve Jackson, Ian Livingstone, or Jonathan Green. Hmm, so, that's, that's interesting. Do you think there's a, there's some licensing involved with that? Uh, possibly, I guess. I, I, hmm. I know, yes, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. That might be um, that might be something I can look into at some point. If um, if any of our listeners do know about uh, about that, then do by all means leave us a leave us a comment. We would really like to hear, and could save me doing a little bit of research as well. Um, so yeah, how did you uh, how did you find the um, the siege of uh, of Sardath? Uh, well, I I loved it. Um, I mm. uh, I. There's lots about it that I, I really do love. It's very different from other fighting fantasy books. That being said, I did die quite quickly the two times I tried it, but yeah. I can I can still appreciate it for for what a for what a work it is. Mm, yeah, it is uh, it is quite uh, quite tricky as well. Like you mentioned, it's quite uh, quite savage. Um, did you have a copy of it when you were a kid? I did. Yes, I mm. I love the copy of it. I st I've still got the original copy I had when I was a kid as well. So I've not had to rebuy it um, for your uh, for your playthrough of it for the uh, for the podcast. Was it the same copy? It was. Yes. Nice. Yes, yes, I like yes. that. I still have the uh, the same copy of Vault of the Vampire, which was the first Fighting Fantasy book I ever got when I was, I think, seven, eight years old. Oh, wow. Um, it's still the exact same copy, and uh, some horrible, horrible people have signed their names in it, which, which is just like, oh. you, you really can't do that to, to books. You know, it's uh, just like going around writing your names in them. I can't make it out. It's Steve and Ian something, something or other. I'm not oh, sure. They're, oh, they're vandals. I know them. They do it all oh, the yeah. time. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, they did the same thing to my to my new 10th anniversary copy of uh, Wallach of Firetop Man. Oh, Shocking no behavior. Yeah, no consideration. <laughs> 
if, if we ever see uh, Stephen Ian with a pen, we should stop stop it immediately. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, although um, in the uh, at the time of recording, we have just heard that they are picking up a few pens um, fairly recently because uh, there have been two new Fancy Fancy books um, announced at time yes. of recording. Exactly. Yes, they're going to write one each. So that that is awesome. Uh, I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to remember what the names are. One's got the word giant in it, mm. um, and um, yeah. So there we go. Um, a shadow of the giants. So mm -hmm. that's um, it's in it's in Firetop Mountain again. So there we go. That's by Ian Livingstone. He loves Firetop Mountain. Oh, the classic. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and then there's Jackson's book, The Secrets of uh, Salomonis, which mm. is which is pretty good. It's it's quite good because Salomonis doesn't really get much focus in the game books it seems like a quite nice peaceful well-run city so um so from the sounds of it salomon sounds like a boring place but it's it's obviously got a secret which means yeah. it's not quite as boring as it sounds when i'm talking about uh, settings in the in the books where is uh, siege of sardis set do you know Oh, it, it's set right up north in the like uh, near the, in the frozen mountains and the coniferous forests um, mm. near Zengis, which is which is a quite a northern town. But uh, you, you don't go there. You're in a little town called Grimmond. Yeah. Um, and yes, um, which yes, and 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 uh, I do love the book, um, but and Sardath is on the map, although you never yep. actually go there. In fact, uh, you can try and cross a lake to Sardath, but you, yeah, you don't really see the siege or Sardath very much. Mm. Still um, good, though. Still good. It is still um, good. Yeah, you you mentioned you 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 uh, you have your, uh, your the same copy uh, from when you were a kid. I never had it when I was a kid. I had to specifically mm. track it down. And um, to be fair, I, and I, I know I shouldn't have, I, I don't think the cover really caught my attention when I was a youngster. It just didn't jump out at me. Um, and I, I I might be misremembering it, but I don't think the blurb on it did much to, to spin the imagination. Um, I would say, having read it, I definitely, um, definitely missed out because this was this was quite fantastic um for those who are watching us on youtube you can see the cover um which we will put on the screen it should be on the screen for you now um as you see has a rather well-dressed uh, elven type chap possibly a vampire possibly an elven vampire i'm not sure uh striking a rather dramatic pose yes he's pointing mm. at you in fact, you know what? He reminds me of like a dark elf Lord Kitchener. Mm. He's saying, you know, mm. we we want you to play this book. Um, yeah. So yes, he he's he's very well dressed. You don't see much of him in the book, I remember, because I never got that far. But uh, he's he's a very good villain um, yeah. in the sense that he's always plotting. And yeah, I, I'm just looking at the blurb again. It, it does sort of it doesn't really go into all the best bits of the book. It kind of gives the impression that you're sort of trying to you're, you're like a nature hero. It's about you're trying to mm. sort of save the balance of nature which um well i mean you kind of like that at the beginning because you're a ranger but it sort of turns into fighting an army of dark elves it really is, does yeah it's, yeah it's a it's a big um big changes it kind of uh, sweeps through the um uh sweeps through the narrative there um talking about uh, how, how it changes uh, one of the things that i did notice is that uh, it has a kind of time system based around the day of the week um, yeah. You're also given a bunch of herbs to use to heal yourself instead of food. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, which I, is I, nice. Yeah. Yes, I like that idea. I think in the later books, some of the authors picked up on the idea that maybe a loaf of bread doesn't actually cure you of being hit by a sword twice. What is, really? Well, um, well, yes. I mean, yeah. I think. Well, I can have baked beans help me grow a leg back the, earlier today, but uh, well, that's always good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they were. I think they were trying to go for something a bit more realistic. So, mm. putting some herbs on your wounds is, is sounds slightly more realistic than eating a loaf of bread after you've been hit by a sword twice. And, and it's kind of keeping with the whole uh, like earthy nature hero kind of vibe. Um, I I kind of yes. likened the character to being a bit like a ranger. Um, one of the things you're given in the book is a is a bow uh, with a with with your arrows. Um, yeah. You can, um, I think, before combat, like regular combat began, you were able to roll a few few times to see if you could get a few extra shots in at the enemy before they could uh, they could hit you, which um, which I did like. That was fun. It is it is fun as well, and also if you miss with an arrow, you can test your luck to change the miss into a hit, mm. just, just in case you come across a situation where you have to hit someone with an arrow. Uh, to win, but if you fail, it's an instant death. Yeah, which, yeah. Which was which, which was nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, Sada, the uh, the city itself uh, is it's uh, um, it's an elven city surrounded by a forest. Um, not not just any forest though, an, an evil forest, kind of like the Forest of Doom. But um, I think most of the forests in the Final Fantasy books are, are evil forests. Can you really say a forest is evil? I, it seems to have evil inhabitants. Um, yeah. You are, yes. I mean, well, they don't like this. There's lots of spiders in it. Well, I guess the spiders get a bad rap. I mean, they're only doing what spiders do, really, aren't they? Mm, um, I think so, yeah. So, yeah. yes. Um, although, oh, I, I would like to mention something. I've, I've got into Minecraft in recent years, and apparently, forests there are evil because they um, let the zombies move, roam around because they don't oh, get exposed no. to sunlight. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's uh, that's certainly um, certainly not ideal. No, no, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I suppose it's evil from a human point of view because those cheeky animals that uh, you want to share the forest with just keep on trying to eat you. Which mm. is, um, but uh, but uh, as a ranger, you've come to appreciate the forest and its living things, so you don't really see it as evil. No, we're uh, we're at the start of the adventure, like you mentioned, um, situated in a, in another nearby city, um, and we're asked to uh, to go and uh, and help out the elves um, from a from a bit of a bit of a predicament they've got uh, they've got, don't they? Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, and then they ask you to come because you seem to be friends with everybody, so the elves, the dwarves, the the slick, which are sort of sort of amphibious creatures. Um, Yes, but the, mm -hmm. but the elves have abandoned the, the the elf paths, so it seems like giant spiders have gone a bit too. They've they've got a bit more brave in the recent uh, few weeks. Oh, um, those giant spiders! Yes, I know those cheeky giant spiders. Mm. Um, yeah, no, no, no sort of big uh, vase of things that make light to uh, to repel them in this one. I'm afraid, but sadly, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, so so you go, you get your message, don't you? And then you go to a to a lovely council meeting. Yeah, um, the council uh, was, was called, in which we uh, discussed uh, just who uh, who who uh, start again who we were going to send to uh, to help the elves with their 
bit of a spider problem. Um, messenger, a messenger turned up, uh, just recently arrived, um, asked to speak to me. Yes. And by uh, me, I mean the illustrious hero that we were both playing. So shall we say us? Us, yeah, I guess so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Who's who's also a council member in Grimman. This, this hero's got a mm-hmm. lot of feathers in their cap, which is kind of appropriate because they're in a forest with, with a bow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I've just realized the messenger's called Morn, which is mm. awesome. Um, which is uh, reminds me of uh, Morn from, from Deep Space Deep Nine. Space Nine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, we um uh we 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 cannot uh, we cannot hear the name Morn without thinking of uh, of of our illustrious um person propping up the bar. Well, exactly. But well, he just took over in later seasons. You just couldn't. Oh God! Get yes. An oh, it's terrible. Had a few episodes like entirely around him. Um, this this one mourned the messenger, didn't? Um, he was a he was an evil duplicate uh, who tried to kill me. Exactly. Yes. yes. That's a start. Um, Don't like you, Morn. No, not this Morn. Well, no. the, the other well the other Morn might have been fine, but he's he's dead. You never actually see him in this book. Mm. You just see. Him. Mm. Um, the duplicate's pretty awesome, though. It's a, it's a it's a dark elf with bat wings. Yes, it was a nice and in, re- really quite interesting first fight in the game. I think. Yes, it was, and mm. oh, and I, well, actually, this is something I like about the book because um, there you get lots of options, and the best option is not necessarily the first option you think of, but then you when you do it, you realise, oh, that was that was good thinking. I can see why. That is the best option. Mm, um, how, how do you mean? Well, you can tell our listeners; they probably know. Well, the first time I tried to fight it and won, but yeah. it, was, it was a bit risky because otherwise he could have pulled me out the window and flew. But mm. the second time I tried to avoid him and run away, and when I did, um, he chased me into the into the council chambers, um, and then he, since he was surrounded by a bunch of councillors, they all overpowered him without any risk to me. Mm. So. I, you didn't have to. I didn't have. Well, we didn't have to fight him. Um, yeah. We we just ran to get the councillors, and they all helped. Yeah, yeah. So. Following which, the uh, the council uh, continued their meeting, and decided that yes, something is probably a bit fishy about the whole affair. Smart yes. council, that very smart. It is. Yeah, yeah. So when a when a winged when a winged dark elf turns up trying to kill one of the councillors, then they they realise there's something. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the smarter sort of groups of elected representatives I've ever come across in fiction and in reality, I think. I Um, think so, yeah. yeah. Well, based on their uh, recommendations, um, we we started on our journey. Um, My character... uh, rather dreaded going into the forest probably because he uh, he, he feared that um, the forest would hold all kind of evil spiders and possibly wizards I suspect Radagast the Brown of course um, but that's that's simply me um, yeah I, I always fear Radagast the Brown what can I say well yes well you should always I suppose it's mm. yes. So, uh, without access to uh, anyone who could provide me uh, sufficient anti-wizard warding, I decided uh, before leaving town to visit our local astrologer, um, a powerful mage himself by the name of Liam. Yes, exactly. Obviously, uh, Tim was busy, so we spoke to Liam instead. Yes, too busy blowing up 
blowing things up basically um, is liam a good name for a, for a for a powerful mage i, I don't I, I think it's 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 probably the first time a powerful mage has been called liam mm. um i think I, I think it works i mean the second the second i think there's his his surname sort of made him have to be an astrologer because his name is liam astromonius so it's it's I kind mean, yeah yeah but yeah, I like think you, can, you can't really front load the name with a surname like that. You kind of have to put the first name as as, as almost a, almost an afterthought, and then put your surname. That's that's the that's the strong one, I guess, for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. But Liam's Liam's a good guy. He uh, he comes through. He comes through. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, yes. so um, in order to uh, to aid us, um, Liam summoned a Suma, a messenger yeah. being of the gods that I only happen to recognize because um, earlier this week I read the uh, the entry on them in Out of the Pit. Oh, yes, brilliant. <laughs> and, and, Entirely by accident. Yes, and uh, with the with the sort of... Um, Yes, compared to compared to the Nanka with a skill of twelve and stamina of twenty, which is the evil genie, and the and the neutral genies with also a skill of twelve and a stamina of twenty, the Suma has the groundbreaking stats of a skill of zero and a stamina also of zero, mm. um, because because they can't fight, they can just send messages. So, is that phenomenally powerful or not powerful at all? Um. Well, it depends how you look at it, I guess. I guess it's like, it's a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi, isn't it? It's like, you know, when Obi-Wan Kenobi was alive, he could you do lightsaber battles. True. But then he claimed to be more powerful than Darth Vader could ever imagine, but he was just a disembodied voice. So, yes. I, I, I guess what's that? Well, that's what they're going for, isn't it, with the Sumer? It's like, yes, he's super powerful, but not in a way that sort of kills the bad guys for you. Mm. Well, this, uh, this Sumer was fairly helpful in a, in an advisory um kind of capacity uh they told me to um uh to keep a hold of an amulet if i want to succeed in my quest and that i should seek out a cornu witch i'm not quite sure yes. how much of a how, how corny she was going to be um possibly tell me a few really bad christmas themed jokes uh just read out some of the ones from uh from trackers those are particularly corny but i said yes, yes i will go and find this corny witch Ah yes, exactly. Ah, but the, ah, well, here's another ah, here's another clever Keith Martin thing. I don't know if you got to this bit, but actually, really? the Suma wasn't the most important. Didn't give the most important clue in that section. Oh, I, I, I guess you didn't. Um, well, it's something that Liam does that's the most important clue. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, he performs the sign of summoning and raps on the crystal three times. Mm. That that is a clue to a. I, I found a place that needed that to get into it. Stealthily um, placed, uh, just casually in the text. Yes, exactly. That's nice. I like that. That is yeah. cool. Yeah, he's yes. So Keith Keith Phillips is he's very good at sticking random sort of clues in there like that. So mm. um, yeah. So yes, but yes, I also visited Liam, my friend Liam, and uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then we went off. Yes, um, onwards out of the city and trader.
um, yeah. a preemptive attack on him. Ah, and, and how did that go? Well, I, I learned that the trader was not only an innocent, honest merchant, but also a highly skilled ninja. Ah, uh, yes. Cause he... He, he threw a glass jar of poison gas at me and vanished into the distance. Oh, that's pretty impressive, considering he's got a horse and cart as well. So, yes. Um, well, there we go. <laughs> Uh, yes, um, I, I I very much realised that that was not a uh, a, a trick. No, it, it, well, yes, it, it's a problem because it's like, oh, he could be a doppelganger. That's the problem with doppelgangers in games. It's like when you meet one, you you start thinking, oh, is everybody I meet a doppelganger from now on? I think you... um, I think they knew that when uh, when they uh, when uh, when they're writing this one. Yes, yes, it's very clever. It's. Uh adds a lot of tension it's better mm. than just the old oh should i take the left passage or the right one so you uh you bought quite a few uh, useful items from uh, from the not doppelganger i'm guessing i did <laughs> yes um yes i and then were I, any uh, were, were any of the items a doppelganger no well this oh well this is this is when it gets a bit uh this is when it, uh, there's more going on because there are these mm. numbered potions these ingredients um that um the the morn replacement also had a few um and i remember them being very important because um they're ingredients to a very special potion that you need to actually succeed um yeah. so i i bought some dried chameleonite blood because um, I, I realised that well, chameleonite sounds a bit like a, a shape-shifting type of thing. It does kinda, yeah. Yeah. So, so I bought that. The the Pegasus feathers. I didn't buy those. I remember them being a red herring, um, which is a shame mm. because you can get yourself Pegasus wings, but that's that leads to an instant death, which is a real pain because <laughs> it's Pegasus wings. They're cool. You get Pegasus wings on your yeah. Back, so. Yeah. Yeah, so so I bought chameleonite blood, and then I bought the love potion, but I think that was the wrong thing to buy. Um, was that a uh, another red herring? You think? I think so. Yes. Um, but uh, yes. Oh no, I didn't actually. I didn't buy the dried chameleonite blood. I just realised there was someone that on the morn doppelganger. But uh, I bought. I think I bought the love potion instead. I think I should have bought the sleeping draft. There we well, go. never worry about our shopping lists. Um, yeah. we, we we will see how the uh, how they went. Um, you then had a few options on how to head to Sardis, uh, which route to take, and um, what did you choose? Uh, I went northeast, hmm? which um, I'm just having a look at that. Uh, where did that take me? I think it took me into the forest. I uh, I travelled via river. Ah. Mm. Yes. So it looks like our um our journeys diverged at this point, eh? Yes, exactly. So, so what happened in the river? Well, river. Mm. Uh, I had my own boat already in waiting for me, which was nice. Good. Yes, you're a very, you're a very well connected character in this book. It's it's like yeah, you, you're not you're not some kind of nameless sort of adventurer that sort of wanders around not doing anything you've actually got friends and and it and possessions and things it's like you've been fleshed out as a character it's like um, they prepared a boat for me are you sure you weren't meant to go on the river i i don't know i didn't get far enough to find out but, well 
Um, yeah, so I hopped on the on the boat, started the journey into the uh, into the uh, into the forest, uh, the whole um, heart of darkness routine, um, and uh, sailed uh, around an old broken rope bridge. Eventually, made camp for the night. Um, and I was watched from the forest by evil glowing eyes. Um, I note they're never evil eyes unless they're glowing, you see. Well, exactly, yes. Mm. And yes, I was then told to note down the paragraph number as well um, in a circle on my adventuring sheet um, if I just wanted to, to ignore the eyes and go to bed. Uh, which was an oddly specific instruction that I should circle the number, uh, so I chose that option. Um, and okay. I was certain uh, to set the campfire first, just in case. Just in case. So yeah. I can't remember the campfire. Campfires are tricky because either you either you repel a bad creature or you attract a bad creature with campfires normally. Yeah. Which do you think I did? Um. I expect you attracted one. I attracted the giant spider, yes. It spat its webbing at me. Curses. Which is not quite how spiders make webbing. They don't just spit it at you. But, but it's fine. It's a children's book. It's fine. Yes, exactly. Fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Yeah, Keith, Keith Phillips probably didn't do spider anatomy research whilst... Uh, mm whilst researching this book. It's all fine. Anyways, we uh, we, uh, we, we turned to the paragraph we were told to circle earlier on and continued to uh, sail down the river. Um, so I think the um, uh, the, uh, the the thing they were doing with the paragraphs there was to see just kind of if, if that was going to generate an encounter at uh, the camp at night or not. Uh, yes, yes. Possibly. I vaguely remember that. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure how it worked. That's just kind of my my vague understanding of it from from having read. It. I, I'm not quite sure on the mechanics. What 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 uh, what what do you, what do you think of it? Um, so I'm trying. To, I I'm I'm thinking from what I remember that it's kind of this sort of a branch and bottleneck idea. The idea that you can go and do lots of things on the first day, but then. Um, whatever you do, you sort of have to go to a certain section on the second day. So it's it's kind of his way of getting around the idea that you might have done one of many things. Ah. Um, that that's what I think it was. I think it was more of a mechanical thing than a than a oh what's going on. So um, that one makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like mm. that. And uh, so in that case, I'm guessing that you kind of did the same thing with the numbers. Um, I'm vaguely trying to remember. So I'm going through. So I, well, I went. So I went to a forest and decided to swing on one of the creepers, mm -hmm. which, um, which wasn't um, probably the best move. But I did. So I did a skill roll, but succeeded because I had a skill of ten. So that was pretty good, decent. Good. Um, and so I realised at the last minute it was going to be strangleweed that I was going to get hold of. So. I leap out of the tree and crash onto the ground rather than mm. try and grab the scrangweed, <laughs> um, which is good, I suppose. It's like the least worst option. I sort yeah. of, uh, uh, and then I actually make it to um, the elf village, which is ah. which is good because I have an I have an elf friend called Sorrel, um, who the um, the sort of book describes as my friend. I think he taught me how to use a bow and. Um, 
and yes, he told me not to fear the forest and respect it. And um, he also taught me swordplay and he's got a scar on his right eye as a testimony, testimony of the swordplay he taught me. Um, but mm. he's not, so I see him and he's not very friendly. He's got four L's with him and they're all pointing bows at me. And he's um, sort of telling me to, he's telling me I'm an imposter. And uh, yeah, it's very scary. So I look at the image, uh, the picture, and, and this is another clever thing that Keith uh, Phillips has done. Um, I look on the picture and I realize that Sorrel in the picture has a scar on his left eye. Ah, yes. I think, hmm, is, is, is something fishy going on? So that's when I have the option to either shoot him, try and prove who I am, or run. So I, I just shoot him. Uh, having mm. spotted the, um, uh, well, it's either an artist's mistake or it's a clever clue, and it's actually a clever clue. Um, I, I have the feeling it was a clue, yes, because yeah. um, it was around this time when um, when they started putting a lot of the, uh, well, I say a lot of the, uh, some of the clues into the uh, illustrations. Oh, they yes, they loved it. They loved it in the sort of late ones, and, and sort mm. of you had puzzles to do and, and various things in the illustrations. So, yes, it was... Yes, it, it was a clever clue to show that Sorrel wasn't actually Sorrel. Um, and so I, I miss Sorrel, but then I realise that if I test my luck successfully, I turn that to a hit. So I actually hit Sorrel, which was lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and and as I do, he turns into a dark elf. And, and, the, and the four elves that were about to shoot me with arrows sort of turn on the dark elf instead. Mm. Um, so, so that was pretty good. And I, and I get a seven-coiled snake ring from someone called Bistort. I so think you uh, you've done better than I did on the first day. Uh, well, yeah, I, th I think um, possibly not when you're so big-headed. Um, <laughs> just a little, just a little. So uh, second day, let me see. Um, started off cleaning some of the weeds off the boat. Some of the weeds tried to eat me and drain my blood. Apparently, it's a plant called bloodweed, um, which is probably not particularly nice. Um, no, no. Um, not sure who it is that uh, that's responsible for the gardening around the river here, but um, there you go. Not doing a great job. Yes. So I'm. I, I hack at some some foliage. Foliage with, with um, flora, fauna, flora. Yes. Uh, flora. Yeah, yeah. Yes. With with. So basically, I hack up some plants for a while with my sword, and for a moment, I suspect this is a bit of a bit of an idiot test. Um, where where if I choose to chop it up with my sword, I'm going to make um, more bloodweed. Um, but no, eventually um, I do manage to uh, to to kill it, which is which is lovely. That's the start of my second day. Um, awesome. yeah. Gardening, gardening on your second day, awesome. Mm, yeah, um, not uh, not the most um, uh, like positive start to the day, but. Um, yeah, what can I do? I think I've figured out the book is uh, isn't going to be one of those that uh, that rewards being played cautiously. Uh, so really, from mm. that moment that I catch sight of one of the um, any of the forest dwelling critters that's been uh, following me, I fire a hail of arrows at it. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I uh, and uh, yeah, it, it runs off, and I'm told that a little bit of the uh, dark 
nature of the, the forest has come to rest inside me, uh, which course costs uh, me a luck point. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, so, uh, yes, I love it when authors arbitrarily punish you for going against what <laughs> they think is right or wrong. It's, it's... Well, I mean, I did just randomly attack um someone that i couldn't quite see but um you know i who who wants to uh to to play things cautiously well exactly um, yeah possibly me from from that point on um didn't quite go as, as well as um a, a group of um uh yeah a group of uh, little frog people armed with spears hurried up and uh, surrounded me and I was asked to uh, to test my luck. Oh, that was the luck that I had just lost a point of. So yeah, I was unlucky. Uh, the frog people uh, screamed and hurled all of their spears at me, um, which was uh, not nice. I got impaled upon many spears. Did manage to survive though, with a whole oh. five salmon points remaining. Oh wow, that was lucky. That was lucky. Mm. So it's... I. Uh, didn't um, didn't feel particularly well with that, so I hurried back to the boat, given the chance to uh, to, to kind of do so. Uh, they gave chase for a while, but they eventually got bored and let me go. Um, and that was the uh, yeah the the second day of my misadventures. Oh, oh, nasty! It's it's sort of going downhill. Um... Just a little bit, yeah. Um, but you survived your second day, which is more than what I could say. Um, oh no! Well, yeah. So, well, I, I, um, well, after after meeting Bistort and his pals, I sort of, I, I sort of went off into the forest, and um, what I found was sort of two winged dark elves trying to get into a building, um, which is, um, which is quite interesting. So. Mm. Um, See, I played caution, so I remembered what happened. I sort of decided that, well, apart from the fact that I knew it, um, I also decided to not attack them straight away because they were sort of trying to get through a door that seemed indestructible. Um, and, I, and I remembered what happened if you just wait. And if you just wait, one of them pulls out a vial, which is smoking, throws it against the door, it explodes and completely obliterates the, the Dark Elves. So yeah. once... Once again, you sort of deal with a problem without having to just sort of kill it, kill either of them or fight either of them, um, which was which was pretty good. Um, but the door is completely spotless, so this is this is kind of uh, what is this door and um, what's behind it to so, so, so have this like kind of indestructible door. Um, so what I uh, so I'm given some options. So yeah. this is. I, I like this because this is another case where it might sound illogical, but it's not. So you can either think of a password, search for an opening mechanism, or break down the door with your sword. Break down the door with your sword that you just saw two black uh, dark elves try to sort of blow up and fail. Break um, down the door with your sword. Obviously. Yeah, break, well, exactly. So I hit the door with my sword and it says nothing happens. And and this is where it happens, and this is what happens next. So you say, so the hit it again, hit it again, yeah, hit the door again, and then it says, do you want to hit it again? Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, exactly. And Why you know would what? you not? Well, exactly. You hit it a third time, and it opens because you've just performed the sign of summoning. Oh, 
Oh, that is cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, wanton aggression is how you win these games. Like, just attack exactly. everything in sight. Doors, members of the public, traveling merchants. It, it all works out in the end. <laughs> well, well, exactly. One of them's going to be a shape-shifting dark elf eventually. So, eventually, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so... So, so that's what you do. Um, so yeah, so so then I'm. I, oh, this is actually the um, the tomb of Cornu Witch, and he's wearing the amulet that the Sumer was showing off. Um, and there's another picture, and there's oh yes, there's a picture of Cornu Witch's wife, and I think she's sort of pointing at the amulet. I think it's another clue. Oh, um, you 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 found the witch. Well, it's it's Cornu Witch. Um, yes. Yes. So I found I found the witch. Um, with, with some paintings and his wife sort of pointing at the amulet going, Ooh. take the amulet, take the amulet. Um, so I take the amulet, which is which is pretty good. Um, it's it sort of got Roman numerals on the back. Um, oh, oh, I haven't got that far yet, but you'll have to, yes. You have to know Roman numerals to win this game. Um, oh, challenging. It is, yes. Um, but, but taking the amulet disturbs the ghost of Cornywitch, so I don't know if his wife was trying to troll me there by going, you know, take the amulet and then I'll watch my husband kill you. But um, yeah, so I, I sort of succeed at a skill roll to avoid him. And then, um, yes, so it says if I want to make a run for... Uh, here's, here's where you have another sort of puzzle type thing, because it says you notice a secret door. I notice a secret door. And it says if you ever want to run to the secret door, add 20 to the paragraph you're on. Oh. To run for it. Okay, so I was thinking, hmm, that's interesting. So I think I better pay attention. But so the first thing that happens is it, it asks me if I have a silver weapon, which I don't. Um, so then it says um, I'll have to run back the way I came. That's what it says. Mm. Um, so I run back the way I came. So I run to the door. Um, and then oh, I add 30 to the section I'm on. Oh, actually, I run back to the... Um, Oh, hang on. I've Yeah, well, I had... Was it 30 or 20? I've completely forgotten. I don't know. I think it was 20. Um, <laughs> that's it, yes. So you, I run to the door, which is locked and looks like an instant death paragraph. Mm -hmm. But then you add 20 to it because the ghost has come out of, the, uh, out of its sarcophagus to get to you, leaving the secret door free to go in. I'm confused. Okay, sorry. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 that was like one of the worst... That was that was like a combination of me trying to remember what I did, and you will encounter it. much confusion in the siege yes. of Sarda. You will in, <laughs> definitely. So, so what happens is the ghost comes out of its sarcophagus. Um, as it does, you, I noticed a secret door behind it in the sarcophagus. Uh -huh. um, so then the book asked me if I had a silver sword, and it said no. I, well, I I don't. Um, so then the only it says the only option I have is to run which leads to what appears to be an instant death paragraph because you run to the door, the ghost follows you to the door, comes out of the sarcophagus to get you, and you think, oh no, I've died. But then um, the paragraph ends with, surely there must be some escape. Surely, sure. And then you think, oh, I'll add 20 to this section. And then it says, mm. now that the ghost has moved out of its sarcophagus, I can get through the secret door. So, yeah, Makes once sense. again... Yeah, Keith Phillips is sort of, he's really pushing hard on these puzzles. It's, oh. it's sort of, yeah. Um, 
so so I, I get out for the secret door and um, I find a place with some chalices which I drink and and sort of um, and take the golden amulet which has Roman numerals on the back it has XX so oh. that's um, oh sorry it has IX um, the XX may or may not refer to something you're supposed to do in the future um, yeah. and it tells me that I can't wear it all the time because I'd lose two skill points for wearing this amulet it's a very oh. big amulet I know how um, big does an amulet have to be that would cost you two skill points to wear I don't know the picture doesn't look make it look very big but it, it must be like it must be like one of those you know those disco amulets that people used mm. to wear I guess um, yeah that makes but, sense yeah, so I, I decide not to wear it, partly because I don't want to lose teal skill points and partly because I know I don't need to yet. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and then I, I drink a couple of things from a goblet um, and get sort of, um, I think I get a free skill point at this point, which is amazing. Um, how, how, how have you done so well in this? Well, don't, don't speak too soon. Um, <laughs> Because then, so yes, I do get an extra skill point. I forgot about that. So he's, he's trying very hard to not um, make you lose through combat. Um, and then and then I finally take the silver shield and fight a mirror demon, which is always bad news. Because if they win one attack round, they kill you. And that's what happened to me. I got dragged into a mirror dimension. Oh. I know, it's annoying. But uh, I was doing yeah. so well. The ultimate fate dragged into a mirror dimension. Yes, it, yes, it sort of, it sort of reflects badly on you, doesn't it? If, if that's your fate. Mm. Oh dear. So you I didn't know. actually get to uh, to Sardar. I didn't. Well, you don't even need to. You you end up in a random castle in a mountain. But uh, yeah, I didn't get to Sardar. In fact, no one I, ends up in Sardar. How I, did you? I, I got to Sardar. Oh, well, well, close, to, close to it. I, I, I arrived. It, it was under siege, um, not by an army, of course, but by the force of darkness that permeates the forest itself. Yeah, of course. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we very nearly, um, kind of, uh, very nearly stood a chance. I mean, um, on one of the uh, many rivers that led to Sardath, I caught sight of a small boat. Uh, that was in in ruins and struggling to stay afloat. Um, I helped the uh, sailor to shore. Uh, he thanked me, but didn't give me any gold or or anything really. Um, and he did, however, like it would, it would be nice if he just gave me some some gold. I think just a little. Yes. Um, and I'm grateful. Yeah, well, he, he probably realized that it's a fighting fantasy book, um, and he realized he's in the company of an adventurer, so he was probably going to get eaten by something, so he quickly scurried off in the opposite direction. I can't say I blame him. No, no companions in fighting fantasy books don't last very long. No, no. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's probably... so, yeah, the northern regions of Sardar are surrounded by a rocky outcrop, uh, I found a dead dark elf on the outlying area, um, and the book asked me to roll my skill with a modifier dependent on the day of the week that it was. Uh, it seems that the later in the week it was, the more difficult, uh, or at least the more awful the result was going to be. Um, I didn't find anything on the elf, which is probably the best uh, response, assuming how terrible everything else had gone. Um, and I'm 
just going to presume that the worst response is that it turns into a zombie and eats me. Um, Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in either case, it was uh, starting to get dark, and I almost reached the entrance to Sardoth, Sardoth proper. Uh, the book asked me if I wanted to make uh, camp for the night, and because I was so close to the city, I opted to push on. As a result, a horde of giant winged monsters swung down from the sky and killed me. Ah. Oh, that was annoying. Yes. Uh, it was one of those horrible instant death ones. Uh, death by flying monsters in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. Brutal. Yes. Yeah, that is pretty brutal. Yes, pretty... And all, all because I didn't make camp at night. So I, I guess the moral of the story is make camp at night. Um, well, the moral of the story is no one gets into Sardath alive, apparently. No, no, it, mm. it's kind of, it, the title itself is a bit of a red herring. It's, you think it's all about Sardath being under siege and and you basically go everywhere but Sardath in, in this mm. book, really. So, um, yes, yes. I uh, So so we both had uh, sort of quick end, ends to this on sort of day two of our adventure. Yeah, how did you uh, how did you find the book overall? Um, I uh, I loved it despite it being hard because it was it's such a difference. It was from... hard. It was really hard. Yes, it, and it's sort of puzzle. It's sort of puzzle hard. I guess I guess you can you can sort of deal with that eventually once you work it out. Mm. It's not. It's it wasn't dice roll hard, which is yeah. kind of nice. So um, I think that's so, that's definitely the case. Um, it was more difficult because of the puzzles. Um, the, uh, the the dice rolls I felt were always quite fair. Um, the combat yes. was was you know it, it wasn't the the source of uh, the challenge. None of the stats on the enemies was artificially inflated or anything like that. It was definitely the puzzles that. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. I think um, uh, atmosphere in it is fantastic, very atmospheric, uh, very well written, uh, both exciting, dramatic at times, a uh, real sense of uh, freshness to the uh, to the writing. Yes. Uh, Storyline itself, uh, fairly simple, pulled off uh, brilliantly. Um, yeah. I did notice there were quite a few other routes um, available. Um, like yours took you uh, through the forest, uh, mine went through, uh, via river, um, all of which have quite a lot of options with them, um, which I found uh, thoroughly enjoying. Yes, exactly. I mean, yes. Um, so I'm just trying to remember other things we didn't come across. You, you could go to the mountains and meet a very angry sort of lightning demigod who... Uh, would help you if you if you say the right thing to her um mm. there's there's a storm giant there's um there's some escher-like architecture that sort of drives you it can drive you crazy there's there the is, yes 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 um you, you you could make friends with the slick if you get the dice roll i think and and um and and also you can make your own magical potion which is what all those ingredients on the on the on the sort of uh, winged dark elf were at the beginning so mm. there's there's loads going on um which which is and and sort of uh, which is awesome um uh, as long as you crack the puzzles which is hard but then that yes but but it's good because eventually you will crack the puzzles and then win as opposed to keep playing just to see if you can roll a double six one day you know just to mm. Just to do that, there's none of those. I think I think the hardest creature you have to fight is skill ten, stamina eight, in order to win. And 
you can increase your stat skill by one, your initial skill, and you can get a bonus where you increase your damage to Dark Elves as well. Oh, and you can get an invisible friend. I've forgotten about him. You can oh. get an invisible demon friend, if you know what you're doing as well. See, I didn't Who, know that. Didn't yeah, know. a skill 12 demon friend called Istu. It's a really hard puzzle. I don't, I don't even know if mm. it's... It, it might even be a guess at what's in the author's head puzzle, because I, I don't... I, ah, I, yes. Yeah. I have issues with those. Yes, I mean... I do, I do not like the guess what the author is thinking type of puzzles. No, it, it was one of the pictures. It's like a random thing. I mean, I it, I solved it by sort of flicking through the book until I found the section that made sense. So um, I don't think I've ever actually solved the puzzle, this, this yeah. sort of picture. Um, but yes, it, it's... Yeah, so everything's... Um, there's all kinds of things going on. Um, mm. So, yes. Um, oh, uh, yes. The the ending's pretty funny in retrospect because these things went over my head in the end. So, um, at the end, you're sort of there's a battle going on, and sort of uh, one of the characters sort of comes and and says, "Oh, we're sure to win, so let's go up to my castle to celebrate." So, it, it kind of struck me as a bit weird that. Yet. I know exactly. He's sort of saying, "Oh yeah, let's go and celebrate. Let's just you know, let's just let all these elves and dwarves die just for us and." We'll we'll have a little we'll we'll sit by the fire and have a little goblet of wine while while there's blood being shed right underneath us. So yeah, I, that went over my head when I was when I was reading it as a youngster. But now that that seems a bit sort of a bit off. Mm. Um, not the sort of, not not the, not the sort of thing you should do really if there's a battle going on. I think that's a bit impolite to not mm. you know lend a hand. Do you think uh, do you think you're being lured into a trap at that point? Oh well, possibly. Maybe it's a sequel hook. A sequel mm. hook. Um, so Makes we'll, sense. we'll never know because he because yeah. only wrote one book. But there we go. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, um, if uh, I can tell you what Keith Phillips is up to, if if you uh, oh yes, to. yes. Well, he's um, he's that was his only fighting fantasy book, but he's doing something called um, he's doing he's making a game book with a lot of sort of teenagers. And and they're sort of working on the writing and the and the system and things. Um, so there's a there was a crowdfunding um, thing for that. It was it's called a moral paradox. So mm. I'm getting updates about it. It's not finished yet, but he's working with a lot of young people to sort of make this make this sort of game book, which is pretty awesome. Um, and nice. yeah, yeah. If if you go to the page, there's a picture of one of the young people reading Siege of Sardath and sort of getting inspiration. So. So that's something to look forward to whenever it comes out. It's sort of yeah. it's sort of got anime esque um, sort of um, what's it illustrations. Um, mm. Yes. So if you want to want to have a look at that, then if you look up a moral paradox, it's on Crowdfunder. So you can have well, a look at that. You've, uh, you've all been told, everyone. Uh, everyone who's listening, check it out. Yeah. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we give Siege of Sardoth a score? Yes. What uh, would you like to give it? Uh, I think, you know, I might give it a 4.5 for being unique and based mm. on puzzles. And it, it's just really, I, I just found it really satisfying to sort of um, have these choices that might not sound obvious. It sort of, it sort of takes you away from what you usually do as an adventurer. But then you think, oh, that, that, that makes sense. That's clever. Yeah. Like, you know, waiting for the... Uh, dark elves to blow themselves up for example rather than just charging in so mm. i might even go for a 4.5 i um i think um it was it was really brutal really really difficult 
um, which is nice. But um, the like minor flaws like that are easy to uh, to forgive. Um, it's a kind of book that does invite repeated playthroughs. I really cannot deny that. I would like to play it again. It was rich, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, certainly very underrated in the series. Um, I would uh, I would meet you with a four point five on that. Ooh, oh, awesome! So that's a nine out of ten. There we go. Nice. So everyone, nine out of ten for Siege of Sardeth, um on this week's episode of uh, the podcast of Firetop Mountain. Uh, Stuart, what will we be playing next week? Oh, next week is one of my choices, and anyone who's read Fighting Fantasine will know how I feel about this book. It's Moonrunner. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't one of my choices? I oh, could be your choice. Hang on. Oh, I'm not because sure. Because it is one of our favourites. Yes. <laughs> I think it's like it's one of the ones that we both really, really, really enjoy. Uh, oh god, yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. Moonrunner is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, you, should we score it now and then? <laughs> well, let's let's play it first. Yes. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Imagine it could be it could be one of those things like one of those things you had as a kid that was sort of magical, and then you saw it as an adult and thought, "Oh, this is terrible." But. Actually, I very much doubt it. It's not going to be one of those things. Well, um, if uh, if we uh, if we tune in, um, well, if if you, our listeners, tune in next week, you will be able to um, to hear for yourselves and uh, find out if uh, if Moonrunner still holds up after all this time. Does Moonraker, the film, hold up after all this time as well? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've not seen that recently. I, I'd say I'd say Moonrunner's going to hold up better than Moonraker. I think. I think. Well, uh, let's find out, shall we? Everyone. <laughs> should we? Are we? Are we also going to do a bonus review of Moonraker at the same time as Moonrunner? We may as well. Yes. <laughs> Tune in next week for a review of Moonraker as well. <laughs> right. Uh, we will uh, meet again next week. Brilliant. Yes. Looking forward to it. See you then. Thank you. See you. Bye. podcast from Firetop Mountain is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Malachite Idol, Zach Rules, Billy Holder, Spike Murphy, Dawn Upson, Alexandru Bugatti, Snyder's Return. Support us on our Patreon and may your stamina never fail.